Hey, what's happening, everybody? I'm Larry Roberts, and this is another episode of the Readily Random Podcast. Hey, you could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. You can be larger than life. That is my favorite message, and it's my favorite song. Shouldn't it be? It's the theme song for the podcast. I love it. Thank you so much, Kathy. You know, it's great because that song just happens to fall right in line with your message as well. And folks, for those of you tuning in, my guest today is Kathy Sharp Ross, and she is the founder and president of the Sharp Alliance out of Beverly Hills. And what they focus on with the Sharp Alliance is they bring to the table roughly 30 years of experience in the marketing and branding and even reinvention space. Kathy joins me today, and her new book is called Reinvent Your Life. You know, what that does for us is that helps us live larger than life. So Kathy's offered to come on and talk to us and tell us more about her book, tell us more about the Sharp Alliance, and how some of the same concepts she uses to brand global names can also be applied to our everyday lives. So Kathy, thank you so very much for joining me. Thank you so very much for having me. It's a wonderful way to start the week. Oh, I agree 100%. You know, it's just so great because we met at PodMax. Yep. I had the honor of interviewing you there for PodMax. And I got to be honest, <laughs> I had no idea until like, I don't know, an hour before Two that I was actually. Before. <laughs> yeah, until that I was going to be interviewing. I knew I was going to introduce you. So I right. was ready to say, hey, this is Kathy Sharp Ross. Welcome her. And then. They're like, can you really just kind of, you know, ask questions and interact well, with them? Well, then like, I'm duly impressed because that was probably one of my favorite interviews. Oh. And I feel like you either get the topic so well or you've lived through enough incarnations of reinvention in your own life to really understand what it means. But that was a pretty special conversation. So it's kind of fun to go into what could be part two now. Together. Right, right. Exactly. And, you know, we did focus on reinventing our lives. So. If you would, because my audience is really big on that. You know, the Readily Random podcast was originally created as an opportunity to hear stories of actual reinventing our lives and reinvention. I'm seven years sober and coming into sobriety and coming out from my alcoholic haze, I wanted to do something to give back. And I felt that the Readily Random podcast would be a perfect opportunity for others to share their stories yeah. of success, survival overcoming even success, and it's eventually morphed into the business-type podcast that it is today. So if you would, kind of give us a little oversight on your book and what motivated you to write it. Absolutely. Well, I love that you kind of just triggered the word stories for me because my book is full of stories. And I always like to think of myself as the great curator of other people's stories. I feel like when you read about what other people have done, you can look at them and say, wow, if he did that, I can do that. And if she did that, I can do that. And there are some pretty profound and really impressive folks in this book, Olympians, global athletes, super high-level executives, chairwoman of GE, Beth Comstock, former president of PepsiCo, global beverages, Brad Jakeman. These are people who are really on top of their game and made pivotal decisions for one reason or another in their lives around their business and careers. Others are housewives or folks who have just sort of had a momentary 
sort of aha moment, as I like to call it, and decided to pivot some part of their lives. So these stories are what are really kind of connecting all of these common themes, if you will, across all parts of our lives. I'm a very curious person. I love people's stories. So the journey for me in writing this book and interviewing hundreds of people was fabulous because I really got to see that there was sort of this consistent theme of experience that one goes through when they're encountering a reinvention. And reinventions come in all shapes and sizes. You can have a five-minute reinvention. You can have a 10-year reinvention. But there are some steps that are very core to the process that many people go through. And you've experienced it yourself by the sound of it. You've got to sort of really get focused and make a commitment to something. You've got to have a sense of direction of where you want to go. And for me, I had this epiphany about 10 years ago. I've been fortunate enough to run my own business for 30 plus years now. And people used to always say to me constantly, you're so lucky. Look what you do. You love what you're doing. You have such a great time. You're always traveling. You're always having fun. You're gregarious. You're talking to people. And I was like, well, I kind of designed my life that way because I knew that's what I wanted. And I guess I took for granted that I just created my life on my terms. And most people, if you ask most people, they're not necessarily overjoyed with what they do every day. Um, people are sort of always looking over, you know, is the grass greener on the other side? We're looking at people's Instagram stories and Facebook pages and going, God, I wish I had that life. And that's just a whole other conversation. But <laughs> it should be a signal to us when we have this little gnawing feeling that something could be different or we aspire for something in our lives that we're not pursuing. And for me, one of the big words that I really try to impress on people is to feel entitled, that we are all entitled to live the life we want. We are each the center of our own universe. So if we don't love what we're doing with our lives, whatever that is in any part of it, spiritual, relationships, career, hobbies, volunteer work, there's many parts of ourselves we're entitled to kind of go, hey, I'm going to change that. I'm going to do something about that. I'm going to adopt that into my life. I'm going to go learn how to do that. And it may not be that I can have it tomorrow, but can I have it in 10 years? Can I have it in three months? Can I have it in five years? That's where the journey begins. And if you feel that you're entitled and you understand why you want something different in your life, then just put the roadmap together, start to figure it out. So these are all the themes that we kind of touch on in the book. That's awesome. You know, something that, you, that you're driving home to me, especially right now, is that creating your life on your own terms. I did that. I just forgot to read the fine print. <laughs> but one of the things that you're saying is that you're, you're entitled to make those changes. You're entitled right. to live larger than life. You're entitled to reinvent yourself. Would you consider that? Because I hear so many times of, and it, it seems like you hear it more in relationships than anywhere else that I deserve this. I need this person in my life because I deserve it. Is, are you looking at entitlement and that sense of deserving as the same thing? Or is there a differentiation there? Look, I think deserving is a really good word. And yes, I guess we could equate it to that, whether it's a relationship, whether it's in a career, but just looking at our own lives, I deserve to be the healthiest that I could be. I deserve to have 
the aesthetics of a room around me that I really love and enjoy. I deserve to have relationships that are fulfilling in my life. And yeah, I deserve to be in a healthy relationship. Yes, I deserve to have a career or a job that I enjoy and feel fulfilled by. I deserve to feel a connection to my community or my spirituality. So yeah, I mean, entitlement feels sometimes like a very arrogant word, but at the same time, it's, it's a powerful word. Because the moment you know that you are entitled to have that joy and that happiness in your life, you may in fact understand that now it's about creating what you want and saying to those around you, I need this for me. It's like the metaphor, put your oxygen mask on first, right? We put it on, we can take care of everybody else better. So if I'm a happier person in any of those areas of my life, I'm going to be a better partner, a better wife, a better parent, a better employee, a better student, a better anything, because I'm a happier person. And I think we have to understand that we are allowed in our life, no matter what the circumstance, to create that. See, and I I think the key there is that you still have to create it just because you're entitled to it and just because you deserve it. I, I see so many times that people take it that far and then they stop. They recognize they're entitled. They recognize they deserve it, but yet they don't want to, or they fail to, I'm not going to say they don't want to, they fail to put forth the action necessary to claim it. Yeah, it's a great point. In your book, do these stories expand on how these individuals actually said, you know what, I'm entitled to this and I've, this is what I did to reach out and claim what I deserve. Some of the stories do, some of them sort of give you the shorter version of that. What I do, though, is I have created 26 power tools that are in the book. Okay. And these power tools are, you know, sort of like the meaty stuff that force you to sit and evaluate where you're at, why you want something. The exercise, I mean, here's a classic exercise. You put, pull out a piece of paper and write down everything that you value in your life. Everything that's really, truly important to you. Not the things you want, like the materialistic things. But where your values lie, then make another column and write down all the things that you're doing in your life that do or do not align with those values. Like, how are you living your life and how are you spending your time? And I think you'll find very rarely do those values align with what we actually are spending our days doing. Mm -hmm. And if you can't see an alignment there, then it's definitely time to take a better look at your life and say, okay, where can I adjust that? What could I be doing differently? How can I bring more of that into my life? What do I have to let go of or make more room for or put aside for a while or is no longer important to me? I'm just going through the motions and I hadn't even thought about it. And yet I'm complaining that my life isn't as fulfilling as I wish it were. But you haven't been able to identify why or more importantly, how to change that. And that's what the power tools really help you do. As a matter of fact, it's funny couple of times throughout the book, I say, put the book down. Now, you're never going to hear an author tell you (laughs) to put their book down. But I tell you to put the book down and to get a piece of paper and to make notes at certain points in the book because you really have to, it's one thing, as you said before, to recognize you're entitled. But if you don't do the work and if you don't make the commitment and action some of those items, things are going to continue to stay the same. They're not going to change. 
So that's really a big part of it. You have to action those steps. Are some of the principles similar in yeah. reinventing a brand as in reinventing ourselves? Because can can we look at it and say that maybe we are a brand? We are our own brand? Absolutely. We are definitely in a position to construct and evolve our own brand. And I do talk a lot about this in the book where I really help people understand how to look at themselves as a brand and to recognize that we don't necessarily always, and this is why people hire our agency, the Sharp Alliance, because we help, we see them from the outside. We recognize things about a brand and the psychology of how to connect with other humans, their consumers, the audience, the clients, whatever that might be that they may have been doing for so long that they can no longer see it from the outside perspective. And when you come along and say, look, we've worked with 20 different industries. And if you try doing something different than you've done before in your industry, the world is going to look at your brand from a different and fresh perspective. It's much like that with us. I always tell people, if you're looking for a job or a career change, Hand somebody that knows you your resume. Ask someone that knows you, not that's worked with you, but is a good friend of yours or a family member that knows other personality traits that you bring to your your being and that people recognize you for because that whole self is what's going to show up at work. And if you're doing something that fulfills parts of you that you've been kind of hiding from your workplace, then that may may be a reason there's a little discord between what you're doing and how you're feeling in your life. And if you could actually be really honest with yourself and say, I've been in sports marketing my whole life, but you know what? I really have always been passionate about music, but I don't know anything about music, so I can't go into the music business. Well, that's not true. What have you been doing in sports marketing? Partnerships, business development, strategic alliances, marketing, content, social media. Well, guess what? All those things I just said live in the music world. So what if you took that still skill set and better yet, a different way of coming at it in the world of sports and brought that whole batch of fresh thinking to the music industry? In my book, if I was sitting in that chair, I'd be like, you're the person I'd like to hire because you're going to come at this differently. You're not going to be the person that spent 20 years in the music business doing the same old thing. You're going to actually bring a different kind of thinking to it. So when we look at our personal brand and we ask someone else to bring their perspective of us to our resume or our CV, they're going to add color to it that we may not have added and seen things in us that others may see that we don't. And it's a really important part of understanding your own identity and how do you tap into the passions that what you're interested in and start to live a life where you bring that to all the parts of your life. You know, that's really interesting because even if you see that you can bring something to a different avenue, using your same analogy there with the music to sports or sports to music, a lot of times I see not just in myself, but this is very common throughout the podcasting space and the speaking space and probably everywhere, to be honest with you, it's that we don't have the belief in ourselves or we have that imposter syndrome where we go, I can't do that. I can't step up there. I don't have the qualifications for that. Same thing with your analogy. I can't transition to a different business venture because 
all my experiences over here. It doesn't translate. And even if it does translate, how do I put faith in that? How do I find that? I still struggle with that each and every day. Yeah. I think it comes down, people go, Larry, how do you overcome it? And for me personally, it's just do it. You know, it's kind of like when my wife and I, we've been married almost 20 years and uh, uh, we, we go at it sometimes over the stupidest things. We don't ever argue over anything of merit. It's just, I, I have to tell you to take out the trash. Why do I always have to tell you? It still has to go, you know, just whatever. <laughs> and that can blow into a big old right. ordeal, right? right? And it finally comes down to how do we stop this? And the answer is we just do. Yeah. That's so hard to apply, though. Just Just stop being mad. Decide to stop being mad. And you still sit there and you still steam over it for a good 30 minutes. And then maybe you'll go, you still mad? <laughs> she'll go, right. I, I don't know, are you? <laughs> you right, know? right. But it's, it's the same. to the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. But you're right. I mean, sometimes when you just do it, to your point, and you recognize the upside of just doing it, you've got to really take stock in that moment. You've really got to recognize that. You know, you decide you want to do something, you want to take on something and you can, you know, analysis is paralysis. I mean, you could get stuck analyzing it to that. Oh, it's got to be perfect. And I'm going to start next week. And, you know, I've got to put all these lists together and I've got to do. No, just do it. You want to go on a diet? Guess what? As of five o'clock tonight, you're not eating bread anymore. And tomorrow there's no more sugar. You don't wait a week and plan it and talk about it to everybody. You just do it. And if you wake up tomorrow going, hey, I kind of started my diet last night and I didn't eat bread. Well, you just want a point. Give yourself a huge pat on the back. Reward yourself. Chalk it up to I accomplished something. In the moment, you can make a decision about something that you want to action. And without overanalyzing it, you have committed to it. And that right there is worth so much praise. And people do get caught up in the imposter syndrome. But, you know, think about it. Build it and they will come. We all saw that movie, you know, Field of Dreams. Build it and they will come. You create it. Look, I started the reinvention virtual chats. How did that happen? All of a sudden, a book coming out on March 7th that was, you know, going to be on book tour, events all over the country. I had to stop dead in my tracks and say, wow, that's not happening. The country just shut, got shut down. I'm going to do a virtual chat series. Period. Sure. And all of a sudden, there I was inviting people to a reinvention virtual chat three times a week, put a stake in the ground, set up the times that I thought would work, put it on email to everybody. And that first chat, everybody just showed up. And I thought, okay, done. This is going to be a regular thing. I've got now 46 of them under my belt. Nice. Amazing people. And it's a thing. And people are like, how did you do that? I just, made a decision to do it. And then I figured out how, how would I communicate it? What would be the platform? Do I go go Facebook live with it? You know, everything just kind of grew naturally. And that was what I had to do in the moment. I mean, I strategize and plan a lot more things in my life, but that was a moment of who am I to do that? Right. I'm me. I get to do it because guess what? I'm entitled. It's interesting because, I mean, you literally reinvented your approach to the entire concept. So, and and you had to on the fly. I had to on the fly. Yeah. I think having that kind of flexibility is what separates us from actually going through that reinvention and staying stagnant where we're at. 
it's similar to, to getting sober, I'm sure. You know, my wife and I, we both got sober at the same time. She didn't go to treatment. I did. So kudos to her. She's the stronger of the two sexes. But the fact of the matter is we both reinvented ourselves. And it's funny because you kept saying you don't have to start your diet on Monday. We always, prior to actually getting help, we always, look, we'll just, we'll just drink this weekend and then we're done. And then it's over. Right. Okay, and then we're done. Right. And then Monday rolls around and, you know, you're going to stay uh, you're gonna stay on the straight and narrow for a good, maybe, I don't know, a day or two. <laughs> Right. And then something comes in there and you go, you know what, let's just get a small bottle and we'll have a good time. And we'll, you know, and yeah. you just keep doing that over and over and over and over when you have to. And, and this is just me reiterating what you're saying in my own belief system as well. Yeah. You have to just do it. You just yeah. have to make that change. It's like I was telling you beforehand in the green room that I had no idea I was going to have the pleasure of interviewing you during PodMax. But I found out just a short time before. And this right. is on top of the three interviews that I was doing with other folks that I had no idea who they were going to be till that morning. So <laughs> it's one of those things where you go, they said, Larry, can you do this? And I'm like, yeah, I can do well, it. I'm sure I can. Yeah, <laughs> right. sure. Just let's do it. And I will. And you do. And you do it. And you, you don't go, well, no, if you could have told me two weeks ago, I could have planned for it. And then I, no, sometimes planning, granted, it's critical and it needs to take place. Sometimes yeah. you just don't have that luxury. Sometimes right. you need to put the car in gear and you need to burn a little bit of rubber and you need to take off. Right. And look, you know what? You you will build the plans into it. I mean, I am very dogmatic about having a reinvention roadmap for the big picture stuff. And, you know, in this case, it's that I'm going to have a reinvention virtual chat. It's going to be a series. We're going to market and promote it on social media and on the newsletters and on the website. We started kind of, you know, mapping it out. But at that point, I made a commitment to myself. So now I was doing it. Nobody knew about it until the first one happened. But I made a commitment to myself in that moment to say, I'm not going to sit here worrying about what I can't do. I'm going to focus on what I can do. And the world is on Zoom and we're all very comfortable sitting behind our computers, you know, seven months ago. And this is how I'm going to tell the world that I have a book and I've got stories to share and anecdotes and amazing guests to invite on. And I didn't know it, but I feel like I found my next calling, which is to be a talk show host because there, I, I love that engagement. Next, we're going to do the podcast. You know, there's like all these layers of what comes with that, which I was in my original plan. And I think we have to understand the value of being able to make a commitment to something that doesn't have to be full imposter syndrome to say, I am going to do this. It means recognizing the vision of what's possible and then figuring out what you need to put in it. So we talk about a reinvention roadmap. You've got to put in an address in that GPS system if you actually want to get to that destination, right? Sure. So car's not going to go to an unknown destination by itself. You've got to tell the car where it's going or the car is going to tell you ultimately, but you got to put that address in. So if it's, I want to write a book, I want to go on a diet, I want to get sober, I want to change up my health and fitness picture, whatever that looks like. That's a start. Put that in your GPS system. Now, figure out the roadmap because like anything, there will be bumps in the road. There will be challenges. Life will throw its curveballs at you. God knows we've all lived through that for the last six months. 
But that's okay. You know what happens when you make a wrong turn when you're in your car? It reroutes itself. And that's exactly what you get to do. And it's fine. It doesn't matter if you end up going this way instead of that way, where it originally said to go that way. And the fun thing is, is as life throws its different challenges or obstacles or opportunities at us, we get to change our minds about what we're doing. This is our life. We are entitled to live it the way we want. We've got to be sensitive to those around us, to the people that we love, that we don't blow up our lives and be selfish. And being entitled does not mean being selfish. It means understanding that we have and and deserve, as you so well said, to be happy. And the why in all of this is actually probably one of the largest driving forces. Why do I want to get sober? Why do I want to change my career? Why do I want to lose 10 pounds? Is it because I want to be skinny and look good? Or is it because I want to feel healthier? Or is it so that I can then accomplish my next goal? Figuring out the why in the beginning is super, because that's what's going to pull you through every time you have that moment of doubt. Every time you think about, "Eh, maybe not. You know, listening to that and listening to ourselves, being able to pat ourselves on the back for actually accomplishing that first turn on that roadmap, those are the critical things that we've got to really allow ourselves to do because then the rest will just fall in place. You wake up like I did years later going, hey, I've got a book. That took 10 years, running a family, raising, raising, running a business, raising a family, right? (laughs) Running a family too. All of the things that are in our lives that slow you down. But that was my schedule. That's what, that was fine with me. I was writing blogs. I was doing speaking engagements. I was talking, interviewing people. You know, I was in it every day in some way. And and that's what you have to do. You have to get in it and own those small victories, those small steps. And, you know, you were mentioning that. And I think a lot of times we fail to recognize the fact that we are making progress. We have managed to make that first right turn or that first left turn. And we haven't had to make a U-turn as of yet. So we're doing pretty good. We're, we're following that map. We're following that GPS. And you got me there because I thought, well, are you driving a Tesla? Because the car, you have to tell the car where to take. I was like, oh, I found me a Tesla owner is what I did Fred, here. You said U-turns and U-turns are interesting too. U-turns are part of the picture. Let me tell you, no regrets. I have colleagues, there's a story in our book, people who thought they wanted to do something different than they were doing at that point in their lives. And they tried it on for size and they spent a year and a half engaged in it. And they got there and they went, eh, well, it's not quite what I thought it was going to be. And they went right back to what they were doing in a different incarnation. But that right there is an extraordinary lesson because it took going through all of that to know, to check the box, to say, been there, done that, tried it, kind of liked and appreciated what I was doing more before than what I thought I wanted to be doing. And all of a sudden, that might have felt like a U-turn, but in in actuality, it was kind of an evolution to get to a better place that no regrets. Yeah, that's key because I think, I, I don't think, I know for myself, I have lived many, many years in regret, just kicking rocks, just walking through the parking lot, kicking rocks, going, I wish I'd have made this decision. I wish I'd have done that or yeah. not done this. And you spend so much time, and I want to reiterate, you waste so much time with those regrets. 
look at it and reframe it and look at it and go, what can I learn from this mistake? Right. How can I apply this the next time and continue to grow and continue to evolve and continue to reinvent myself? And yeah. so many times we forget to do that or we just fail to do it. We don't even know to recognize the fact that we learned something. Exactly. And that's, you're absolutely right there. I mean, really recognizing, listening to ourselves, commending ourselves for those tiny little steps. Every one of those steps matters. Every one of them. You know, normally right now, before we start wrapping up the show, I, I usually ask for some action items or at least a action item. But everything that we've said today is 100% actionable. Yeah, We kind of covered it at a high level, but it was so conceptual and so easy to follow that it's very actionable. Do you have one thing where you, you might want to leave it with someone and, and say, hey, this is what you should do first and foremost? Well, if I may, I'll give you six quick pieces. Okay. Right? And I won't elaborate on them because I think they'll all make sense now. So I put on my glasses because I'm going to read them off so I don't go off. Book. I thought you were getting serious. I was like, oh, I gotta I'm getting my- all serious. Now I'm getting very clinical. Number one, assess your values and where you're spending your time, right? Number two, create a roadmap. Number three, make appointments with yourself to spend time, to touch it in some way. Research, mentors, phone calls, reading, writing things down, whatever it is, find a way to touch it every day. Give it a little thought. It doesn't have to be major. Take bite-sized actions. This is number four. Take bite-sized actions. Number five, reward yourself at those minor, minor junctions where you actually have done something, whatever that is. You gave it time today. Give yourself a thumbs up. Do something to reward yourself. Number six, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, oh, just continue. Repeat. Rinse, repeat, right? Yes, it's Do a cycle. It just keep doing it. I mean, there's so many more. There's a longer, there's the 10-step version, which is in the book. But just high level, that's what's going to put you on your journey. That's what's going to get you out there addressing whatever it is that you want to do, taking those aha moments and turning them into aha movements and actually actioning these. I love that. Aha moments to aha movements. Yeah. I think we just named the episode right there. Aha moments to aha movements. I love that. That is awesome. If we, if we got nothing else out of this today, folks, aha, aha movements out of aha moments, that's that's it. I mean, that is our message for the day. Okay. I can't tell you how much I appreciated you taking this, this secondary flyby of Larry Roberts and, and joining me on the Readily Random podcast. It's always so insightful to talk to you. And Thank you. you're just such a pleasure to talk to. And you're so easy to talk to. And I really, really appreciate it. Well, likewise, so do I. I really appreciate having a chance to share and, and just sort of talk with you about all of this. And Hope that if anybody wants to pick up my book that's on Amazon or Apple Books, just or I can send it to you directly if you want a signed copy or join us on the virtual chats twice a week. Those are great conversations, very interesting people. And where can we find the virtual chats? The virtual chats, if you go to the reinventionexchange.com, you can click on the virtual chat tab. You can RSVP. You can also see the last, I think there are about 25 or 30 of them on the website so you can see ones from the past 
But if you want to sign up for one coming up, just click on the button right there on the virtual chat tab and you'll see who's coming up, upcoming guests and dates. Easy. It's just a Zoom link to RSVP. So I'd love to have you guys join whoever's out there wants to hear more or see more. And can folks find out how to get in contact with you from the Reinvention Exchange as well? You can subscribe to my newsletter, which is really fun. Then you can really keep informed because we send out newsletters three, four times a week with who's coming on and other content, blogs, lots of other great information. We'll be including this interview in our newsletter as well and on all of our social media. So I've got social media content on every platform and they're either Kathy Sharp Ross or the Reinvention Exchange. So there's a lot of ways to find and access me in the book. So, yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Everybody take the opportunity to reach out to Kathy and say thank you for everything that she gave us today. She gave us a lot of information to work with. So I know I'm going to listen back to this episode and maybe take a few notes as well. Well, I have to write the notes for the episode. So that's kind of (laughs) what I do. But I would do it regardless. And I recommend you do the exact same thing. So everybody, thank you so very much for joining us. This has been another awesome episode of the Redly Random Podcast. And until next time, take care. Thanks, Larry.